She's April. And she's Molly. And we are the Book Besties. Fuck! Get Molly so proud! Dude, shut up. Let me finish a sentence. I like young John Cryer. The curly hair, the 80s, like, swag. Mm. <laughs> My brain just shut down. <laughs> the achy ovary phase is over for me. It's not our fault. Shut up about it. That's what happens when you peak in high school. Um, trigger warnings for this episode. Suicide and eating disorders. I'm doing my NPR voice. I hate it. I know you do. (laughs) Because it's not me. It's the opposite of me. It's weird in my headphones. Like, I I feel like I've got a creeper talking to me. I don't know. Hello, April. No. No. It's lovely to see you today. No. No. (laughs) That's like a voice that haunts my dreams. No. I'm glad I'm in your your dreams. Do you really want to haunt them? Is that like, is that a lot? At least you'll remember me forever. So it is the day after Thanksgiving for those joining us. Yeah. So it'll be the Tuesday after Thanksgiving when this actually goes live, but we are uh, filming the day after Thanksgiving. And um, instead of Black Friday shopping, I forced my tiny humans and husband to finish the basement or they were not getting a Christmas tree this year, (laughs) I told them. You're such a Grinch. I am so mean, but look what I found. How fucking cute are these two? Oh my gosh. They're so little. Look how tiny. Tiny, remember how Liv had no hair? Gosh. Thank God, like, the achy ovary phase is over for me, and I'm just like, oh God, my kids are cute, but I'm so glad (laughs) I'm done with that. (laughs) But I was like, oh my God, that's going on my desk. So cute. So Yesterday for Thanksgiving, um, I cooked a big, big meal because that's yeah, what, what you do. And uh, we don't usually go places for Thanksgiving. And when we were, when Tom was still active duty, like we would have people over. Well, you know, you were mm-hmm. at my house on, yeah. on Liv's first Christmas. Um, but this year, w- since we moved and he's retired, we don't really do that anymore either. Yeah. So I cooked a big meal. And about the only thing that my kids eat is the noodles. And I fucked up the noodles. Oh, no. Instead of what noodles? Just regular egg noodles. But I was going to throw oh. some butter in them to, like, help give them a little bit of flavoring. And I was like, yeah. no, I'll put turkey drippings in them. And they were, like, lost their minds? I didn't strain those turkey drippings. Oh, no. So they there saw seasoning. They and saw these pieces on it. And they were like, yeah, I'm out. <laughs> yes. Like, fuck. I mean. So they ate rolls and pie and cranberry sauce from a can. I mean. Same. I love cranberry sauce from a can, so zero judgment. I don't really like cranberry sauce at all, but, like, that's the only way that Tom will eat it. (laughs) You want to hear my biggest flex is everybody, when I have people over and I make Thanksgiving, Mm -hmm. everybody raves about how amazing my cranberry sauce is. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I do with my cranberry sauce? I take a cranberry can of no... Um, no cranberries, and then a can that has berries. Mm -hmm. I put them together in a hot... in a pot... I mix a little orange juice and cinnamon in. That's it. Hmm. Heat them up and cool them down. And it tastes like somebody else's cranberry relish. Hmm. But uh, we had a good Thanksgiving. Matt yeah. um, smoked the turkey, which it was beautiful. It was like beautiful. I, I, I will not. It was a little salty. I think I put too much salt in the brine, but yeah, it was good. 
Girls seem to have a good time. I wanted to, before we jumped into this week's book, I wanted to brag about my friend's book. Oh, yeah. I have a friend that's published. Well, she's the artist. This is a kid's book. Beautiful. But my friend Jenna did all the artwork. Look, look at the grandpa water drop. Grandpa's water drop. So cute. And the baby's wearing a diaper. Stop it. I love it. Um, if you have a tiny human or you just love cute little, I'll put the link in Amazon. Very cute. It's so look at that. <laughs> He's rock climbing. Anyways, I'm so proud of my friends. That's so I'm cool. so proud of my friends. So I had to show it off. That is but so cool. This week, you're hosting. This week, I'm hosting. We are talking about this book, Before I Fall, by Lauren Oliver. Boy. Um, it's a heavy <laughs> one. Man. Um, I didn't like it at first. I really thought I was going to hate it. So I read this book, I want to say, well, it's been a year now because I yeah. read it uh, when we went down to Florida for Thanksgiving uh-huh. last year. We sur- nice. sur- uh, surprised Tom's parents. Um and drove down to Florida. Mm-hmm. And so we listened to it in the car. And um, it's narr- it's the narrator for the audiobook is Sarah Drew, who I absolutely adore. Love her. Um, and so if you don't know who Sarah Drew is, she was... Do you live under a rock? Right. But she's April Kepner on um, Grey's Anatomy. She was in Hannah on Everwood. She's done a whole bunch of like Hallmark Christmas movies. Um, she was on Supernatural. She was on Glee. Was she, like- she did a... Uh, a cameo on Glee. She was there for a couple episodes as a guest star. Um, she uh, she does all the things. Yeah, there's like a mom's night out or mom's night or something. She's a movie. movie I don't Google her. Yeah, she's, like, she's like, really great. But she has like if we don't, you don't know who she is by now. Like you're not gonna. Well, know. Well, I think she actually is on a show right now on um, Freeform, which is the dumbest name for a TV channel ever. But. Anyway, um, I love her, and she has a great voice for audiobooks. So after I listened to this one, I then went on to listen to um, the Delirium series by Lauren mm-hmm. Oliver, which is also narrated by Sarah Drew and just also fabulous. And I might stick that on the pod someday, too. But anyway, so I read this about a year ago for the first time. So this was the first time I read the physical book. I know you did the audiobook again. And um, yeah, should I give a synopsis? Yeah. All right. Um, Samantha Kingston is living her best life as part of the foursome for, uh, of the foursome for, of girls that make up the most popular crowd at the, at her Connecticut high school. She is soaking mm-hmm. in the wonders of Cupid day, a yearly school event where the school goal is to receive the most roses, which clearly means you're, you are the most adored. She's even planning to lose her virginity to her boyfriend Duh. that evening after the rager of a party thrown by Kent McFuller, Sam's former friend and confidant. The only problem is that her plans go awry when she dies in a car accident and begins reliving the same day over and over again. Over the next seven occurrences of the same day, Sam tries to set the world right and save her own life, but maybe hers isn't the life that needs saving. Um, trigger warnings for this episode, suicide and eating disorders. So we're going to talk about both. Both occur in the episode. Um, if those are triggers for you, feel free to skip. We always tell you that we try to give the trigger warnings up, up top. So um, that's what we've got going on for this episode. Um, so you said you didn't like it at first. And I'll admit that initially when I first started listening to it, even though I liked Sarah Drew's voice, I was kind of like, this isn't really original. Like, it's it's Groundhog's Day, well, right? W- well, the problem I had with it 
is one, Sarah Drew has the perfect voice for teenagers. Oh my gosh, like, it's awesome. She does, she has the perfect voice for teenagers. So oh, yeah. she can read older and younger. So she's solid when it comes to that. The right. problem I have with this is, and this shows how good the author is. Yeah. This shows how her strength. Mm-hmm. I hated the main character right off. And oh, I was like, like, I think you're why is to. Right. I was like, why would April pick this book about this whiny ass little shit who's all she's doing is complaining about her fucking well-to-do life? Mm-hmm. Listen here, you little bitch. And right. the more we got into it, I was like, okay, you just got to get through this first chapter. The rule yeah. is we do three chapters before we complain. So oh, we no. got, I've already I got to the third chapter. I've book for December and I didn't even finish the first chapter before I texted you a complaint. So. Right. But that was different different <laughs> my yeah. complaints are stupid and nitpicky and right <laughs> but i was like we're gonna wait and then i was like okay i get the point of this now doesn't make me not hate the character less yeah it wasn't that i hated the book it's i i was indifferent to the character and i didn't care about her process and it made yeah. me not want to move forward in the book right you know i mean if, it's definitely I, I was if i was story. reading this right if I was reading this for pleasure and not for pod, I would have DNF'd it at the middle of chapter one. Really? Oh, well, then you would have missed out yeah. because it's a fabulous book. I know. Um, I know. It's interesting and intriguing. Yeah. It's um, a challenging book. It's definitely a redemption story. and um, It escalates well. It, it yeah. ebbs and flow beautifully. It's just that first chapter, I was like, why the fuck are we reading this? I'm not going to lie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Sorry. So, what okay, were you saying? So, I'm doing something different this week because this okay. book is the book, the chapters in this book are very lengthy. So, each day is its own chapter, and she lives the same day seven times. So, we get the initial one where she dies for the first time, and then six more repeats. So, what I'm going to do is instead of asking questions like we normally do, I'm going to give like a brief summary of what happened that day and then we'll yeah. talk more in depth about that day i know that's not a normal Sounds format good. but i think it will work for i think it'll work best yeah, with this book you kind of need it that way yeah i don't think the our regular question format would work for this book especially we're talking about you want to take it day by day you don't want to take it chapter and right. situation broke down you yeah i don't think we could do it right. any other way yeah all right, so let's talk about the first day. Um, so the very okay. first day, we meet Sam, Samantha. She goes by Sam and her friends, Lindsay, Elodie, and Allie. And they're a stereotypical popular girls that are really rich. They go to a, Connecticut, a high school in Connecticut. Um, their main goals pretty much seem to be being popular at any cost, which includes bullying other students, making fun of their teachers, being rude to their parents, and partying every Friday. So what did you think of the introductions of the group? You definitely see it is a mean girl introduction breakdown. Like we yes. see exactly who they are right mm-hmm. off the bat. And they're not afraid to tell us who they are. Mm-hmm. They're cool with it. They know like Sam talks about all the time about how she knows it's kind of a jerk thing she's doing. Mm-hmm. But how else do you get popular? Right. And I'm like, bro, you're obviously your intuition is telling you you're doing wrong right yeah i mean she actually she actually talks about how that's part of being popular is getting away with it 
like right is knowing that you can get away with right. it and then Which doing is just ugh. yeah it's definitely mean girls it's kind of gross oh it's so gross and i think reading this as an adult like i'm just like oh gosh mm-hmm. this, this trauma like ptsd for flashbacks high school experience. flashbacks right, right. i was middle never school cool. yeah but yeah i was same. never cool um but you know sam's character and and this develops throughout the book but it's pretty much like um she hides who she really is like there's that whole thing about the sandwiches right so her favorite type of sandwich is roast roast beef but she never eats that because that's not considered acceptable yeah because her friends decided it wasn't or it's not cool they talk about yeah. she talks about how just, on that very first day she talks about how she takes her coffee like the other three girls in her group they all do exactly the same thing katie herring katie herring katie mm-hmm. was her own tiny human yeah. And then she fell in with the plastics and next yeah. thing you know, she's checking herself in the mirror and she's yeah. asking if her hips are fat. It's right. It's you fell into the cool kids club and you don't want to fall out. Yeah. And I mean, that is, it also reminds me of Pretty Little Liars. Did you watch mm-hmm. Pretty Little Liars? I, I couldn't keep up with it. It's just, okay. there's so much going on on that show. I watched like I half know. of the first season and I was like, I don't have time for it. It ended up not. I also had tiny human, but um, I watched the whole series and I read the first like eight books in the series. And eight? Yeah, there's like twelve eight. books in the series, and I've read eight of them. Yeah, I gave up after that. I was like, no, nah, I can't do this anymore. Um, That's why I never started um, True Blood because there was just so many of those books. <laughs> I was like, I'm never gonna get them done. <laughs> well, what ends up what happens in um, the Pretty Little Liars series is that Allie, who's like the main mean girl, she ditches. Mm-hmm all her friends and basically plucks from obscurity, these three other girls and the books are different than the TV show. The the TV show never really gets into why Allie picked them. She but the picks books, them. She picked them, but why, but, but the books do, it's a whole, like there's a twin thing and it doesn't make any sense. And that's why I quit reading the books. It's basically like one of the twins is, uh, uh, in a, an insane asylum and she comes home for like a weekend or something and her mom she convinces her mom that she's the twin that's normal and the other twin gets sent to the insane asylum and so the that's crazy like twin Riverdale insane shit yeah so the crazy twin who's not actually Allie plucks her friends from obscurity because she doesn't know who the real Allie's friends actually are but it reminded me so much of that because like these girls become friends because Lindsay decides so. Lindsay goes from making fun of Sam to being her friend. And so Sam gives up everything that she likes. She stops riding horses, she stops eating the I food mean, she likes. I mean, think about it though. We all know the one girl we grew up with mm-hmm. that was the leader of the mean girls. And mm-hmm. I can think of mine, and I'm sure everyone listening can think of theirs. Mm-hmm. Where is she now? Selling uh, uh, essential oils? Is she uh, trying to get you to do the rap? Is she texting you going, hey, bestie? Yes. All of those things. We know. Um, Yeah. Ironically. That's what happens when you peak in high school. (laughs) It's true. Ironically, the girl that was the mean girl when I was in high school, we played softball together. And so, like, we, we had a friendly relationship because we were on the same team. And um, she got really fat after high school. And I just laughed. Mm. 
was like, mine, one of, one of my major bullies, um, in middle school and high school died in a very tragic accident. Oh no. Um, when I was a junior, when we were all sophomores and it, it really has, I've talked about it in therapy, which I mean, how can you not? It's a very conflicted feeling, right? Right. This person that tortured you forever, but it was still a person you grew up with. It was still a person you cared about in one way, shape or form. And you cared about, right. So it was very devastating. And I still struggle with those feelings, especially because of how that person behaved towards me back then. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's so wild to think about how we, like, but that's how she behaved. She sucked people in and just made yeah. them part of her group. But my bully, the one I'm talking about, the reason she didn't like me is because she was the loud one. And she couldn't have a competing loud one. <laughs> that's weird, Molly. Um. It- our school was odd, and I'm yeah. just going to say that. Yeah. Um, okay, so uh, I we've kind of answered my other questions, but I just wanted to know, uh, what is there a scene from that first day that really sticks out to you? Um, I think about when I first was listening to it, I was really stuck on the Kent stuff. Mm-hmm. Because you can see from the very beginning, there is she has a certain feeling for Kent, a right. warm feeling towards Kent. Yeah, but she's but not allowed to have that feeling because su- he's not cool. Right, but you can see her suppressing it, and it's like, dude, and it's very obvious from the beginning she hates her boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Like, well, I think she's extremely obvious. I think she's attracted to her boyfriend, and I think she wants to be. I think she's struggling with physical with like him. She, yeah. Well, I, I think it's a, a worth thing. She wants to be good enough to be Ron, Co- Rob well, Cochran's girlfriend. What I think also part of it is, is she liked the facade of Rob, right? As soon yeah. as she got to know Rob and embrace Rob and be a part of Rob's life, she's like, Oh, this guy's kind of, he's just, I mean, you get to know Rob and you see why she, has the icks by him, right? Yeah, like she can't break up with him because that goes with the package. Then she won't be popular created. anymore. That's yep. goes with the package she created. And it's just it's an interesting setting. It's really you can see the complications. And it is yeah. very much the mindset of a teenage girl, I would assume. Yeah. I mean, I haven't been a teenage girl in a couple of years, but I'm assuming. Probably. So for me, the thing, the two scenes that really stick out are the scene in Mr. Daimler's class where she's like openly flirting with him, which ends up being important later. Um, right. And the, I mean, absolutely horrific scene of them dumping alcohol on Juliet Sykes at the party. Oh, God. I mean, I forgot about the literally party. torturing her. Um, and... I, I watched the movie again today in preparation for this. And that scene mm-hmm. on the second day of that scene, um, you can see it in Sam's face. She's like, what the fuck are we doing? Like, how are we yeah. treating because humans if, like this? I mean, it's a, like, it's a mob mentality. They do it because they're all. It is 100 percent. I mentality. mean. I mean, think about it. There's been times where we've all looked back and gone. <laughs> 
that was awful. I shouldn't have done that. Oh my God, I'm terrible. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But like, we don't get the chance to go back and fix it. She does. She does. Mm. All right. So speaking of fixing it, let's talk about day two. So, um, day two. So the day actually ends with the car accident. Um, and Sam has a feeling Mm -hmm. of falling and then she wakes up the next day in bed. And um, so she wakes up confused and her sister's like telling her it's Friday and she's like, it's Saturday. What are you talking about? Friday was yesterday. Um, and Sam thinks she must have had a really intense dream, even though everything is exactly the same as the day before. So she's having deja vu all right. day. Um, she isn't sure if she's alone in this feeling, but she's feeling, fearing that she'll be ostracized or labeled insane. So she just like keeps it to herself. Um, Mm -hmm. there isn't a lot of difference that actually occurs this day. It's very similar to the first day. Um, but there are a few things that like stood out to me. For instance, uh, we learn a lot more about the dynamics of the friend group. Some of that we talked about already, but, um, we learned that Lindsay lost her virginity to a frat guy at a party, but she's denying it to even herself and, um, to everyone else. And, uh, I love this quote from page, uh, uh, 107. A good friend keeps your secrets for you. A best friend helps you keep your own secrets. Um, it's a hundred percent, by the way. That's intense. Yeah, that's, it is. Well, I have, I have a feeling Lindsay was arbored, and that's why she's having such trauma with it. Oh, okay. I don't think it was. I was trying to figure I out don't what think R it was, word you meant. Yeah, I don't know yeah. that it was completely consensual. She was drunk. She I don't think it was party. ever consensual. She was young. Um, I'm. I. I would bet if we had a conversation with that character, and she'd be like, "Yeah, I said no. I didn't want this. Like, I kept saying, push, or try to push even him off, if saying, she didn't down. say no, that she wasn't um, able to say no. Like, she yeah. was drunk, right?" Yeah, and she, she was, was just not, not able to give consent. So, yeah. It's just, mm, you know. Right. By the way, that's not it, losing just, your virginity. That's something that you no. choose. That was stolen from you. That's, that was yeah. stolen from you. That's something you choose. You didn't pick so, that. No, yeah. And virginity's in here, not down there, guys. I want you to know that. I, I need my little besties to hear me when I say that. The, the virginity is in your heart, not in your physical body. Yes, well, the body makes changes. The it, body physically makes changes. But you personally in your heart yeah. decide when it's real for you. I mean, I'm not going to disagree with you because there's all like there there's this big there was this big movement in like the Christian community that was like second virginity. Um, Revirginizing. But, yeah. But but the April is, Kepner revirginizing. Well, yeah, she did do that. I forgot about that. But, um, Grace, <laughs> but, uh, it's all connected, man. Dude, shut up. Let me finish a sentence. <laughs> Fuck, Molly. Sorry. Um, but the thing is that virginity is such a concept that's only hetero, right? It's penis mm-hmm. and vagina, and that's it. And it's the loss of your maidenhead, which is, you know, mm-hmm. um, which, I mean, I lost on a bicycle at 12. So. Right. You can lose it other ways. Um, but right. Like, I fell hard. It was not great. <laughs> but it's a heteronormative um, concept. So if right. you are not engaging in sex with a partner that is 
penis and vagina. Heteronormative. Like, if you're, yeah. not, if you're not in that, then there's no, like, you technically don't lose your virginity. Let's just for Ever lose your virginity. I mean. Right. So th- there's a comedian, and her name escapes me right now, but she's a lesbian, and she talks about how she is, has never had sex with a man ever. So she's like. She's a gold know, star lesbian. She, yes. Right. She's all the gold stars. Um, so like right. an example like that, according to the rules of virginity, she's never lost her virginity, but she would nope. never agree with that because she, you know what I mean? Like she's had yeah. sex, you know? Um, I have a gay friend who likes to joke that um, the only uh, gold star gay men are the gay men that were born via C-section because they never had to touch a vagina ever. <laughs> That's hilarious. There's a book. I it's- love my alphabet mafia friends. Like, yeah, they make, it, they're so snarky. It's amazing. There's a book. Um, let me think. Uh, let me think of who it's by. Um, okay. Scott Westerfield. So there's a book by Scott Westerfield. And so for the life of me, I don't know, remember what the book is called. And maybe if I can find it really quickly um, on his website. He's the author of the Ugly series, but this isn't part of that series. It is called. Okay. Um, I have no idea. I have no idea what it's called, but it's We'll find him. it and put it in the notes. I'll put it in the notes. But he, it's a, oh, is it Afterworlds? It might be Afterworlds. Um, yes, the book is called Afterworlds by Scott Westerfield. That's a great book. I should probably put it on the pod too. Um, it's about a girl who's a writer and she's actually a senior in high school and her book is being published. And so she actually moves to New York City um, her senior year by herself to you know be finish the book and like do the things that are related to her book but um she Mm -hmm. ends up falling for a woman while she's there and she's never really thought about her sexuality before she's never um had a relationship at all and she mentions that in this book like they have sex and she's trying to decide if that means she's lost her virginity because they have they didn't have like i said penetration it's in here gang right Like I said, gang, it's in here. It was the first time that me as a hetero person, as a straight person, had ever thought of that concept before. Especially as somebody that grew up in a church. Well, I didn't really grow up in a church from the time I was a teenager. Grew up in a church. And I went through a lot of that. Like since you started religion. Right. I I grew up in a lot of that religious trauma of the 90s of like. Yeah. I kissed no sex, no sex. and no sex and the purity pledges and all that nonsense, which is just yeah, so ridiculous. Bullshit. Anyway, back to the topic at hand. Day two is not that much different. What did you think of the dynamic of no. the group on day two? Um, the fact that her friends didn't notice she was off the whole time. Mm-hmm. Like, obviously, Sam was behaving really different. Right. Like, Sam was super confused. She was out of sorts. She didn't go to school till third period, right? No, that wasn't day two. That was day three. Okay. So, she didn't, like, she just kind of went with the motions, but you could see she was out of sorts. Like, you could tell she didn't feel like herself. And nobody was like, hey, what's going on? What's going on because with you? The, well, I think they kind of did. But I mean, we can tell. Right. I we know. can tell 
over chat. Over we text haven't messages, talked in so we can tell. Right. So we know when our friends, you know when your friends are fucking up. You know when they're struggling. You know when they're hurting. Right. right. Pay attention well, to the cues. I think they did ask her if she was okay, but they just were assuming that it was about the fact she was going to lose her virginity to Rob that night. Right. And they just like, oh, you're but scared. It can't oh, you're scared. Be anything else. Can't possibly be anything else. And he is such a dick about that. Let me. Oh, you're going to fucking, you don't want to do it again. You're going to make an excuse. Like, yes. bitch. And that's that. Let her too. pick. Yes. Don't, don't do that shit. Like, yeah. don't guys. He abandons her at the party. He's like, okay, five minutes and then we can talk. And then he's like gone for almost an hour. That's because he gets awful. hammered. He's an alcoholic. Homie is an alcoholic. All of these kids are drinking excessively and smoking and like. And I look and I hung out with the drinkers and the smokers in high school. I wasn't a heavy drinker until high, my senior year. I didn't drink till then. But if it's a small town and there isn't a shit to do. You know what I mean? Like, some kids struggle. And I'm not saying it's right. I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm just saying it happens. But well, I think noticing also- your... Sorry, go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. Noticing you're struggling with alcohol is a mature thing. And that's why children don't know they're struggling with alcohol, right? right? Well, and I it- think that this is a product of growing up privileged, right? So all of them come from really rich families, wealthy families in Connecticut. Um, Like they're used to excess anyway. So drinking to excess, smoking to excess, pot to excess. Doing whatever you want. Sex to excess. Like everything is to excess. Like, Like even Kent. Kent, like, singled off part of his house. It was a fucking mansion. He singled off a part of that mansion that's in the middle of goddamn where. Nobody's here. It doesn't matter. And he knew very well he wasn't going to get in trouble for it. So he let them smash shit up. He let them go crazy because the maid was going to come in. Fix it, right? Like, it's ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, and this whole, like, they can just leave campus thing. Like, they were, I mean, they, they just were skipping class all the time. Like, it was no big deal. Like, I, that's a big deal nobody fucking cares. Yeah. Crazy. I was always scared to do that. I was scared that I was going to be five minutes late. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. All right. So, day three. But that's the difference between our anxiety (laughs) and theirs. Right. So day three, Sam wakes up really concerned about herself. She asks her mom to stay Mm -hmm. home and see if she can go to school later. Sam convinces her friends to skip the party and have a sleepover like they used to do. While at the sleepover, they learn the terrible news that Juliet Sykes has killed herself. And this is the first time that we know that Juliet has Mm -hmm. also died. Um, Yeah. And that she killed herself. Uh, It was revealed that every year, Lindsay, Sam, Elodie, and Allie send Juliet a rose on Cupid Day that reads, maybe next year, but probably not. The girls become concerned that Juliet may have killed herself because of their prank. We also learn on this day that Lindsay and Juliet used to be best friends until Lindsay decided she hated her and began spreading rumors about Juliet wetting the bed and um, that she was a psycho. So were you surprised to hear that Juliet had killed herself? No, I was sad by it. Mm-hmm. What was surprising was Lindsay's behavior. Mm-hmm. Like, it's Lindsay, not her how she acted about it. Yeah, that's guilt. That was Lindsay's guilt. Mm-hmm. What 
I think Lindsay went through a trauma. I think Lindsay was raped at that party, consensually or non-consensually, drunk or not drunk. I think Lindsay is going through a PTS thing. And she morphed herself after that, picked mm-hmm. new friends, just changed everything about herself well, and made herself the mean girl. She changed herself and, before then. She changed herself when her parents got divorced in fifth yeah, grade. That's and, what started the dumping of Juliet and making this right, new friend group. It, it, it's just... I mean, they actually talk I about think, how Allie, when she moved, was it Allie that moved there or Elodie? One of them moved One there of them. And, like, they had a snarky attitude, and then all of a sudden, by lunch, they were best friends, and Sam was just supposed to be okay with it, because, like, that was the way it was. Like, that's Lindsay protecting herself. Keep your enemies close. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And I just think, I think Lindsay was feeling a lot of guilt, mm-hmm. and she didn't know how to feel about it. Yeah. And... And again, this is how I know they're not good friends. They think they're good friends, but they're not good friends. Mm -hmm. Because instead of accusing Lindsay of being like this, like she went down to the basement, right? And went through the things and she's like, oh my God, Lindsay abandoned her. And she like starts accusing her of the shit and not going, okay, what's wrong with my friend? Why did my friend struggle with all this? Right. I mean, I it shows their youth. Yes. I had a pretty tight knit group of friends in high school. There were 10 of us. We were in all the same honors classes. We were in all the same things. The only difference. Yeah. It was the smart kid crowd. I was a nerd. It was fine. I was. Um, The only difference. It's okay. There's nothing wrong with it. Us was that they were all in choir and I was in band and some of them were in Mm. both. But I was the only one that was not in choir. And actually, oh, we weren't allowed to do both. I don't think we were allowed to do both. You could do both in our matter. school. Anyways. Um, I couldn't do both because I did newspaper. And that was the same class time as choir. But anyway, mm. side note, unre- irrelevant. Um, there were actually people in that friend group that I did not like. Like, there was a person in that friend group. I could not stand yeah. her. I could not stand her guts. Frenemies. But she was a part of the crowd. So I had to be fine with her being there. And we had that with grown up life. Oh, yeah. We had that with grown up life. We did have that with grown up life. Um, And the thing is that this is a group of friends, like my group of friends. We were never built to last. We were built to survive high school because of close proximity and requirement of us being in all of the same things and running in all the same organizations. And you knew exactly the same the same experience right you guys right. were having the same experience we're doing all the same clubs and extracurriculars like i was the only one that played a sport but um it, it was just it was all the same thing so of course we were going to be friends yeah but we weren't built to last there's only one person that i still talk to from that group and that's my best my other best friend who florida uh, megan no well megan megan's florida megan dawn is the other person megan oh, is okay somebody I met in Florida. <laughs> so. Oh, I thought she was a high school friend. She went to Why the high school I think where that? I taught. I'm mixing shit up. She went to the high that's school where it. I taught. Yeah. So that's how that's I, we were not friends when she was my student, just to clarify. I, but she was not my no, friend. No, 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 we no. I thought, I thought Megan went to high school with you. That's no. my screw up. No. So Dawn is the only person I still talk to from that group because that group was not built to last. It was not built to last. Yeah. It was built to survive high school. That's this friend group. They are not built to last. They are built to survive high school. These girls are never talking to each other again after they go to college. They're going to join sororities oh, yeah. and they're going to party with other people and it's not going to matter anymore. Um, but I don't now remember what made those- that, why I made that point, but... <laughs> Yeah. I but lost my train of thought. 
my group in high school was small. Mm-hmm. But looking back and all of the people that were in the group, they were everybody that was going to stay in the county. I knew then they were all going to stay and I knew I was leaving. Mm-hmm. So I like always had it in my head. I was like, yeah, I'm leaving one day. They're not. Yeah, I, I always knew. And I, I knew I was the outsider in the group. I've always I always knew I was the outsider in the group. But mm-hmm. that's because I'm, you know, I'm neurodivergent. I've always been neurodivergent. And that makes me stick out in a lot of groups, no matter mm-hmm. where I am. So, right. Well, I mean, anyways, day three. Well, <laughs> Sorry. I mean, like, I also had the unfortunate task of dating three of the guys out of our friend group. So that was just, that was never good. I just oh. did. That was never, I two, wasn't going to say. I dated one in high school, one in college, and the other two. One I went, I didn't date him. We went on a date, and then the other one I dated in college, but. Yeah, that was never... Oh, no. One was a senior my freshman year. This is my senior my freshman year. Him and I broke up when he graduated because he didn't want to date a high schooler. Duh. Right. Makes sense. And then he convinced me to date his best friend, Brian, who I was with all of high school until mm-hmm. he graduated. Mm-hmm. So, I, but we were all in the same little social group. Again, right. everybody that was staying in Tavern County, except for two of us. Two of us are gone now. Right. Josh is in Arizona and I'm here. I really couldn't Everybody tell you where the people are there. from my friend group. I know where Dawn is. She lives in Alabama. <laughs> There's like, know. well, we have, like, I don't um, know where anybody else is. And Katie, you know, we talk about her a lot on there and I've known her since middle school, but Katie and I weren't yeah. really friends in high school. Um, Katie yeah. had a different path. Well, she, and she was uh, in different classes than me. Like I never saw her. Well, wasn't like, she ever. with Steve then too? She's yeah, been they with Steve since high school, right? Yeah, her she and her husband have been together since high school, but she was in a vocational program. Um and oh, I yeah? was college prep and like literally the building was separated. So like I didn't see gotcha. her. Like I wouldn't see her. Oh. Yeah. So anyway, um all right. So we were talking about Juliet. Um so let's see. Talk about so this friends, is the friends this groups. is the only day that the girls do not attend the pri- the party. Did you like this change? Mm-hmm. I knew it wasn't going to change anything. Yeah, I knew she was going to wake up that day. She was. I I, I was she like, was okay, girl, you're stalling. Really, what she was trying to do? She was you were to save her life. You were. You, she's like, I'm like, bitch, you're stalling. Yeah, like, right. You're wasting a day. But, but I really but thought, she, but um, she was trying to count down that time, right? That she would save her life if she wasn't right. at the party. She didn't know at the time that Juliet killed herself. Like she didn't know that that right. was part of her death. Right. Right. Um, we read a book where the guy kept reliving the days and then they kept skipping forward and like, okay, well this is day number whatever. Yeah. That was called opposite of always. Okay, so in opposite of always, I really thought we were going to get more days where she just skipped and blew through them. Yeah. But she stuck to the timeline. Like, I think the shortest day is day two, where it's basically exactly the same as day one. Yeah. 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 So. Um, was there anything on that day you felt like detract, dis- distracted from like the main story? Like I really could have done without the story about the assistant principal and PE teacher. Yeah, I mean, that was Why? funny. And we obviously needed that information for further down. Like, we were obviously building up for her to have ammo for later 
right? right. Spoiler right. alert when right. we get to another day. But I just, I don't care about it. I didn't think it mattered. Mm-hmm. What? I don't know. I think it was just like know. another reminder that we're reading a YA book. You yeah. I mean? And, yeah, because, you know, is, how dare two teachers be together? Right. How dare Listen, them date? I dated, and it I dated so a teacher lives. I worked with. I dated a teacher I worked with. Like, it happened a lot. People don't know, but, I mean, it happened a lot. I mean, we weren't making out at school, but, but I dated like, another teacher. How dare grown-ups have personal lives? Right, right. And The I audacity of them. They definitely should not have been hooking up at school. Like, that's really inappropriate. No, that's disgusting. Yeah, that's like, rude. Yeah. That's your workplace. You don't do that. But um, no. I didn't think that was necessary. This book is written so smartly that I can forget that I'm reading a high school, like a YA book. Yeah. And then it's things like this that I'm like, okay, well, that was not necessary. No, that was unnecessary for sure. All right. So day four. So Sam loses her shit completely this day. Um, she wakes yeah. up, she dresses in like the skimpiest outfit. Um, she, she's, she's just fucking, she's given up. Yeah, she's given up. She like, gave I'm up. I'm never going to stop living this day. Fuck it. No, she's like, fuck it. She's, she's Bill Murray. <laughs> ready to yeah. steal the groundhog. Right. Right. <laughs> you could drive. Yes. yes <laughs> I guess that happens to that too. He has one day where he's like that shit crazy. I forgot about he's that. He's like, fuck it. <laughs> so she, I'll put, if i can find that scene on the youtube i'll put it in the things because it's hilarious bill murray literally lets the groundhog drive the truck it's, it's so fucking funny. hilarious i haven't seen that movie in a really long time but um, you know your boys would like it it'd be funny they wouldn't uh, get it but it'd be funny for them content that i'm not I'm oh not yeah ready for yet um yeah that's so true. by the way side note james said fuck yesterday he said what in, what is fucking going on here and i was like James, what did you just say? He's like, nothing. Yeah, Molly's so proud. I was like, is it his first F word? I'm guessing it's not because it flowed off the tongue like he says it all the time. And he lied to me about it and was like, I said freaking. And I was like, you did not. You did not say freaking. So Tom and I talked about it and basically decided that, like, since this is the first time, you know, that we've heard him, I told him he's not allowed to use grown-up words until he knows the meanings of those grown-up words. And you don't know the meaning of that I, word, you can't use it. I told the girls, as long as it's at the house, they're at the age I don't care anymore. Like, yeah, but your kids are different. It. They're older than my kids. He's nine. Right. right. But and if he says that at school, Molly, he'll get kicked out. And yeah. Because yeah. he doesn't really Yeah, have with great everything so- that's going on. Yeah. He doesn't have great social skills. He, he does not need to be realize- using that at school. Yeah, he doesn't always realize the context of a situation. But, so he just needs to stop. Uh, uh, like, he can't use that word. But very much like Piper, he understands that language is just language, right? He doesn't assign good or evil with it. And I think my suggestion would be to tell him that some people see that word as not a word, but as a bad word. Mm-hmm. And that they would be offended. So he would hurt somebody's feelings. I told him he can use it when he's older. I, there you go. Personally, fuck That's is That's a good mom favorite. answer. It's my favorite word. Like, you can literally use it I love that part fuck. of speech. Like, the fact is an English... You can be happy. Like, you can be sad. You can be angry. You can you, be doing you can use nasty. It you can be a dying. noun, an adjective, an adverb, or a verb. Like, it can be all of those things. It can also be a direction. Because you can just go, fuck. Oh, like oh 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 hey fuckers no stop calling our fans fuckers okay back to the no, subject at hand we're running out of time fuckers. 
We're only on day four and we're 45 minutes in. We got three more days. It's okay. It's a great episode. Okay. I know. All right. So she dresses really skimpy. She throws all kinds of attitude. Lindsay kicks her out of the car and forces her to walk in the cold winter weather. At school, she blows off most of her classes, but she goes to Mr. Daimler's math class. And instead of going to the cafeteria for lunch, Sam hides in a bathroom where she runs into Anna Cartulo, who's supposed to be the school slut. Um, she and Anna smoke pot together and swap shoes, which is random. Uh, later, steal- Sam- Oh, I loved that scene. It was cute, but it was random. Later, uh, Sam steals her mom's emergency-only credit card and spends an excessive amount of cash to buy whatever she wants while shopping with another group of girls who are from the same circle, but they're less popular. Um, they're like B-team. Yeah, exactly. And Sam goes to the party with that group of girls and tries to have sex with Rob at the party in Kent's bed. Um, unfortunately, Rob, well, maybe fortunately, Rob passes out, so they don't have sex. Um, span- Sam spends the night in Kent's bed after he after Kent tucks her in, and she begins to feel things for him. Yeah. Um, side note, in the movie, she does have sex with Rob at the party. Mm. Yeah. That's disappointing. And then she completely melts down and cries because she that's didn't not what want she to really want to do right. All right, so this is one of the longest of the days, but it's drastically different. So, what did you think of? I think this is one of my favorite. So, this was one of my favorite days. Yeah. Um, First and foremost, it's always the social studies teacher. I don't know this author. I'm not great at writing. It's the math, but she made it the math teacher. But it's always the social studies teacher in real life. It It was was the the social studies teacher teacher at my school. Teacher at my school, so. Really? Oh, it was always, it's always been every time I hear a story about it, I'm like, social studies teacher. And they're like, yeah, social studies teacher. Um, But it's always, but it's always the one that's like, just a little bit older than everybody else, right? And he's just, Mm -hmm. just a little bit skeevy. And you're like, this is disgusting. Yeah. We all know this is disgusting. But my favorite part was the shoe swapping scene. That, I'm going to actually defend that scene because it doesn't feel like it's needed, Mm -hmm. but it is. It's because random, but I like it. That storyline is it's not though. It's not. Okay. So we watch him and so we watch the girl in the bathroom every day leave from the smoker's pit and walk with the boy that has the boy girlfriend. Right. To cheat, right? They go to right. the skeezy restaurant and they and they always get caught, right? Right. She needed that moment. To get to know that girl. To realize that girl wasn't a slut. That she wasn't yeah. the bad person everyone thinks she is. And she right. would needed that because at the end, when we get to the forward, you know, she defends her and the other girl. She needed that to see that there wasn't two sides to what was going on with that boy. It was one side. He's mm. skeezy. They're getting fucking fucked over. Mm. And she needed to defend them. And that scene was necessary to, so she could see that both girls, while annoy her, are decent human beings. I mean, I totally agree with what you're saying, Molly. I completely agree. I just don't think that that side story is relevant, is necessary for the overall story. Like, there's a It doesn't lot build of, her story at all. No, and there's a lot of random stories like this. And by the way, I love the first and last name thing. Like, everybody is first and yeah. last name. It's not just the first yeah. name. Everybody is first and last name. Love it. Um, but it's not just 
like it, it has nothing to do with the overall story. It really doesn't. Uh, it only gives uh, um, Sam another softer side, like another like redemption arc. Like I'm going to be a better person. I'm going to be nice to Anna. Um, in the movie, Anna's a lesbian. And so that whole cheating thing is never happening. And the reason Lindsay doesn't like her is because she's a lesbian, not because she considers her to be a slut or white trash. It's, wow. Yeah. I, the only her thing, story okay, the is only, so minor in the movie that it like, it, yeah, it's just, you so it out. I, I want to jump ahead in Anna's story just because we're talking about it right now, but sure. I want to ring a bell. Okay. They make this whole, the author makes this whole thing about the shoes, right? Them mm -hmm. swapping shoes mm -hmm. and she has the stripper shoes on and Anna has the boots on. Right. And then she like, on her last day, she walks up to Anna and goes, you're better than him and just walks away or something. She says something of that manner, right? Mm -hmm. Doesn't even acknowledge the situation, doesn't acknowledge Anna, just says, you're better than him and walks away. Why wouldn't she have just given her the shoes that day? She knows she likes them. She knew she would have liked them. She could have, you know what I mean? Like, I let's know. bring that story full circle. Like, why did the character should have took her the shoes and been like, I have a feeling you're going to like these, you know? I don't know. I think the metaphor with the shoes was you walk another day and walking walk, a mile yeah walk a mile and somewhere yeah, else shoes. Shoes. like i think that yeah. was the i mean it wasn't even like a very blanketed metaphor it was very no it was know, just right was there in front of us like, yeah here you go now you're walking in someone else's shoes i just didn't yeah. really think anna's story was necessary it's just another side story that we could do without like the main story right. is i mean you can girls Death. juliet and kent i mean you definitely can cut that story out and it makes no matter yeah, right. The book's just shorter. Right. Which would have been fine. This is a I just like it. book. Right. Um, okay, so, uh, all right. I got beef. Oh, boy. The Mr. Daimler storyline. Oh, I hate this story. I Same. hate. I hate teacher and student relationships in books. I do too. The I only redemption is stop doing it. Right. The only redemption in this one is that after Sam gets over the initial, like, Oh my gosh, we're making out. He's on top of her on a desk, basically. Um, after she gets over the initial, like shock and thrill of making out with her teacher, she starts to really feel like how disgusting he is that he would kiss a student. Yeah. It's gross. It's so gross. And then by the it's end, so gross. like, I think the last day, maybe she says something to him about, like, if you had a be girlfriend, you wouldn't be flirting with students. Like, she right. calls him out. Um, right. It's gross. I hate that story. I don't like when it's, when it's included in books. Like, it's unnecessary. Same. It's disgusting. There's Agreed. nothing sexy about being with your teacher. That's a, that makes him a pedophile or her. There are yeah. women that do that, too. It's yeah. a pedophile. It's pedophilia for sure. Yeah. All right. So the chapter, this chapter expands on the characters and we get, begin to see a lot of uh, what Sam has told us is just regurgitated from Lindsay. Like it's just whatever yeah. Lindsay says. So were you surprised by this or did that feel like it was coming? It was coming. Yeah. Like we knew this was going to happen. Like. I am zero surprised. I was zero surprised. I feel like if I was reading this as a teenager, that I might have been like, oh my God. Yeah. But Why you and I read all the books. Right. They're not thinking for themselves. But us as adults, we're going, of course they're not. Because they don't know how to Because they're think teenagers. Right. Right. Because their frontal cortex isn't finished growing. Mm -hmm. Right. 
All right. So now Damn day kids. five. This is my favorite of the days. Um, oh, so really? Day, yeah. So day five, um, Sam is starting to have a change of heart about a lot of things at this point. She spends the day showing her parents affection and she takes her sister to Goose Point, which was Sam's secret spot as a kid. Um, that night, instead of going. I have beef with this, but that's beside the point. Sorry. Okay. I just want to remember the Goose Point part. <laughs> That night, instead of going, going to the party with her friends, Sam sneaks out of the house in her PJs and heads to Juliet's house. Juliet is at home because she's already left for the party. Um, Sam finds Juliet at Kent's house and spends a long time with her, listening to the finer details of Juliet's relationship with Lindsay. So we, it's all laid bare for us in the bathroom, which, by the way, drunk girls talking in bathrooms, bearing all their souls. I mean, that's so cliche. Shocker. Um, no surprise, Lindsay was lying. Sam chases Juliet through the woods to find find her um, on the side of the highway um, when, where she tries to convince Juliet not to kill herself. But Juliet jumps in front of a car, which turns out to be Lindsay's car. Since right. Sam was not in the car during this occurrence, Elodie dies in the car crash. Can't comfort Sam, providing her with clean clothes and a safe place to sleep. They kiss that night also because right. of course they do. All right. So go ahead and share your uh, bell ringer about Goose Point. I I know we needed a scene where she's a good sister and we need to see her repairing her relationship, but that fucking story was way too long to be in this for her to be like, hey, look, I had a place I liked to hide as a kid. Fucking make it a treehouse in the backyard. Save us four pages. <laughs> All right, that's fair. That's a fair point. Four pages, bro. Four pages. I feel like I listened to that for 20 minutes. Listen, I- 20 minutes! I read The Mayor of Casterbridge in high school. It's written by a, an architect, and he spent 13 uh -huh. pages describing the side of a building. Not the building, a side of one building. That was the first time I ever got Cliff's Notes, because I was like, I don't fucking <laughs> know how to read this no. book. Um, I anyway. have a lot of author friends. Sorry. Go ahead. Go Sorry. Ahead. I have a lot of author friends, and um, some are great at editing. Some aren't. Some are self-published. Some are publicly published. Like, but I have one friend that is currently in mind who has published a lot. And this man, he, he writes horror, and he loves the adjective. Mm. And and um, his editor encourages him to embrace the adjective. So um, his so books are. Uh, you get where I'm going with this, right? Like, yeah. Um, yeah. I'm going to send you a screenshot later just so you can understand. Piper wouldn't even read it. And Piper sure. doesn't do DNFs. Wow. She says not finishing a book is quitting. <laughs> and she quit but the book. Life's too short not to quit. <laughs> um, I I like my adjectives in, in a series of threes. I like my... Yeah. I like a series of threes, so I'm fine with a little series. But okay, back to the point. He likes a baker's dozen. Mm -hmm. That's too fucking many. All right, even <laughs> though this day ends with the party, the rest of it. Oh, wait, I already asked that question. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, yeah. I, did I ask that question? No. Even though this no. day ends with the party, the rest of it is pretty different from the original day. So, what do you think about Sam's change of heart towards her family? I think she's always felt this way about her family. Mm -hmm. She just had to realize that she was dying to yeah. acknowledge it. Not and cool it is a traditional like parents, you know. No, no, like it's a total teenager thing. Mm -hmm. Ew, my mom is gross. Wow, she yeah. is annoying. Oh my god, you're embarrassing. 
Right. My girls don't call me embarrassing. They tell me I'm too much. Yeah. I'm too much, which mm. is fine. I'm good with that. Um, yeah, I, I like the change of towards her family. And I feel like it was important because it was like her coming back to who she really was. Yeah. It, it, it was the beginning of her realizing it's the end. Right. Exactly. Uh, were you surprised by any of the confessions that Juliet made in the bathroom to Sam? No. What I'm surprised by is that Juliet wasn't convincible. Mm-hmm. Like, Sam had a lot more will. Like, yeah. Sam had a lot of opportunities to be like, okay, you need a grown up in this situation. I'm going to be the grown up here right. because what you're going through is terrible. And Sam just kept letting her go by herself. Like, Rule number one, if someone, you know someone's suicidal, you don't leave them alone. Right. Well, she did chase after her. Um, She left her alone in a bathroom. No, she was was in the bathroom with her. Uh, They were. And then she snuck out the window while Sam wasn't looking. She snuck out the window the day before. Oh, fuck. I'm mixing shit up. This is a long book. I'm sorry, guys. It's okay. (laughs) Um, No, the day that they have the big confession, she, Juliet bursts out of the bathroom and she runs after her. Right. I was actually surprised to hear the story of Lindsay's parents getting divorced. Like I kind of figured Lindsay just made up the peeing the bed thing. And I don't know why, because kids are cruel and they do shit like this. But I was surprised to hear that Lindsay's parents got divorced and Lindsay was not dealing well with that trauma. And so she was wetting the bed. Um, And then she blamed it on, uh, on Juliet. And what I thought was really interesting about this book, and I don't, I did not catch this the first reading, but I caught it the second time. Juliet says the reason that she never stood up for herself is because she thought it would eventually stop. That's exactly. She really thought her friend would come back around. That's the exact same thing that Lindsay says at the end when Sam asks her, why didn't you, why did you keep bullying her? She's like, I really thought it would stop. Like I thought she'd stand up for herself, but they both say the same thing. I really thought it would stop. Well, it's not going to stop because Juliet was, Julia thinks she's being a good friend by taking your your abuse and you think you're being a good friend by ignoring it. Right. Yeah, it was never. And and Juliet was never going to stand up for herself. That was not in her demeanor. It's alluded. That's why she had Lindsay. Right. It's alluded to that, like her dad might be an alcoholic and there might be some abuse in her family. Like she was dealing with her own trauma, but um, her life was already hard. Yeah, it was hard. Um, so what did you think about the cause of the original car crash being that Juliet actually threw herself in front of traffic? Cause that's the first time we actually learned that that is what happened. I mean, it's, I get the metaphor. She's literally throwing herself in front of the car. Yeah. Like here I am. Save me. Right. Right. I thought it was interesting. Um, I think it's on day six, maybe that Sam is like, trying to stop her from throwing herself in front of any of the cars. And she's like, why aren't you waiting for your revenge? And she's Juliet's like, what are you talking about my revenge? It was totally random that it was Lindsay's car. It was just that that was the car that was coming down the road. But that was the world, God, Allah, whoever you pray to your, your divine creature, in my opinion, was the divine intervening. Well, right? yeah. And I mean, it was definitely karma. What comes around goes around, right? Yeah. And that's one of the things that bothered Sam. She wasn't the one that actually did all of this, right? This was all Lindsay's fault, and she's the one that died. Um, but, but it was... But they, Sam contributed 
listen, you are not an innocent bystander. If you continue to let things happen and you contribute to them, you are at fault as well. I said this to Flip the other day. She said one of her classmates was saying a racist thing. And I go, did you say something to him? And she goes, no, but I told the teacher. And I go, if you don't call him out, nobody else is going to call him out. Right. Right. I go, herd mentality. If right. nobody, if nobody's brave enough to stand up, nobody's going to stand up. Right. right. And I go, you think it's disgusting? Tell them they're disgusting. The problem she goes, is, okay. The problem is, I really hope she does do that. But the problem is that. When you're a teenager, conformity is boss. Oh, yeah. Well, and anything that sets you outside, and that's exactly what happens in this book. Anything that sets you outside of conformity, Mm -hmm. it's not okay. Like, I can't be the thing that sticks out because then they'll all make fun of me. Well, she got a hard time about her hair at school because Liv has that cute little shortcut now. Mm -hmm. And somebody had said something to her and she's like, it's cute. It's fashionable. It is. (laughs) And a week later, one of her classmates came in with the same haircut. Her so, haircut is, she has the face to carry it off, too. She has this sweet little pixie adorableness yes. that just, like, so the fact, I was like, Liv, you don't understand. When you stood up for yourself and that girl saw it, she goes, I'm free to be myself. Mm-hmm. And I want that. Right. She, you did that. Right. You, go, you made your friend comfortable. Right. You set a trend, dude. Absolutely. Be proud. Absolutely. So. All right. Um, so we learn a lot about how Sam and Lindsay become friends that day. We already talked right. about that. Um, what do you think about the uh, Sam developing feelings for Kent? Is this like necessary to the story? I think she always had feelings for him. Mm-hmm. I. We don't need a love triangle. It's a soft bell because we don't need a love triangle. I don't know that it really is though, because Rob and her do not like. She doesn't love him. She doesn't feel for him at all. Like he's just a, He's a notch in her popularity belt. He's a he's a chess piece, right? Mm-hmm. He's a chess yeah. piece. I think he's she part truly of the is, brand that she's building for herself. Yep. Exactly. I think she always had feelings for him. Mm-hmm. And I think living the same day fucking seven days over or whatever it is, like seventy two or however many days she has, mm-hmm. that she's like, Oh, I just need to feel what I feel and be honest about it. And I think that's what this is about, right? Oh, is, yeah. Is her being her truest self. Oh, yeah. Even till the end. Oh, yeah. And by the way, I can't read this book and not picture Kent as Adam Brody circa his Gilmore D- Girls days or oh. those days. And the guy that they have playing him in the movie is just not it for me. No, he is uh, no. not Kent for me. I've seen the IMDb. He is not Kent. Do you know who my Kent is? Who? Ducky. Yeah, I guess. That's a good one. Young Matthew Broderick via Wait a minute. Pretty in Pink. Matthew, Brod- Matthew Broderick. Not Matthew Broderick. Not Matthew Broderick. <laughs> I mixed them up. Well, Matthew Broderick would work too. Young Matthew Like Broderick. a young Matthew and Broderick or um but that's not Ducky. It's that guy from It's Woody um John Cryer. A young John Cryer. Oh my god. I no. I like young John Cryer. The curly hair, the eighties like swag. Young John Cryer. Not today, John Cryer. John Cryer today is a cue ball that scares me a little bit. Okay. Valid. He looks like a pedophile. That was mean. I'm sorry. All right. 
<laughs> All right. Day six. You ready for day six? Because we're six. already over an hour and we got two days to go. All right. Sam is convinced she can save Juliet and herself. She breaks into the Cupid room to create an entire bouquet for Juliet to try to brighten her day. She also tries to clean up the bathroom graffiti that Lindsay made that calls Anna a slut and white trash. At the party, Sam tells Rob to wait for her in Kent's room naked. He gets caught by another couple and she and, and leaves the party embarrassed. Finally, when Juliet arrives, Sam attempts to save her life again and convince Juliet not to throw herself in front of the cars. But ultimately, Juliet's fate is sealed and she kills herself in front of Sam as Lindsay, Elodie, and Allie and Kent catch up to them on the side of the road. After Juliet dies, Sam confronts Lindsay about her behavior. Kent takes Sam home and they kiss in his car. Sam is on a mission to save everyone, including herself. Do you like her approach to this? This is the worst day. (laughs) It's a wash. Like It's a wash, yeah. It's a wash. She, I mean... The whole flower thing, mm-hmm. if she feels like one flower is bullying her, mm-hmm. what do you think a massive amount of flowers is Yeah, and do? making it to your secret admirer, thats they've already done that prank. She tells it's Jill, not tells funny. That we've already done that prank. <laughs> it's not funny. It's, it's cruel. Like, yeah. and you know what else? The whole fucking sister story, the whole sister storyline. Yeah. Like, I understand... They needed, like, she needed something to be like, hey, come away from the road. What would your little sister think? Right. I understand it. I understand it. I understand it. I understand it real good. Mm-hmm. But I understand mm-hmm. that the author needed for a way for her, Sam to connect to her. But it just, yeah, it wasn't necessary. I, I, I think this day is also kind of a wash. I think this is like the last ditch effort before Sam is like, okay, so I can't ever save her. I mean, I can, or I can't ever save both of us. I just, I don't understand why in all of this mess, Mm -hmm. she didn't once go up to their principal, their student counselor, whoever, and be like, I overheard her on the phone telling her friend she was going to kill herself. Mm -hmm. That at least gets a 911 call and her being held till a grown up comes to get her. Yeah. I mean, teenagers never make the responsible decision in books. It's... It's like just it, it's just a cliche like, of all teen YA. Like I know they're smarter than that. I know kids are smarter than that. Yeah, I like how Lindsay lets her guard down um, yeah. in this this chapter, though. And that's actually my next question. We learn that Lindsay most likely has an eating disorder. We learn that mm-hmm. Lindsay never thought Juliet would let the bullying go on for as long as she did. So, what did you think of that scene between Lindsay and um, Sam? I think Lindsay is. A scared girl. Mm-hmm. She has been a scared girl this whole time. And she probably feels like, oh, Sam knows this about me. That makes Sam my best friend. Not that I told Sam this. Not that I've told talked to her mm-hmm. about it. She knows my secret, so that makes her my best friend. I just... and Sorry, go ahead. And I just... I don't know. That child's broken. That's all I have to say about that. I just don't understand why in pop culture, but also in reality... Why the the most popular girl can't ever be nice? Like, why are the popular girls always bitches? Why do they earn their popularity by being mean? In real life, too. Because everybody's scared of them. It's Because they think they have the power. It's they think they have the power. Mm -hmm. Right? I mean, we vote in an election that's by, you know, like, I mean, our election system's crazy, but 
the basis of it is popularity, right? Mm-hmm. Who, which candidate we like the most. Mm-hmm. We do it in high school. We do it in college. Yeah. We do it in real life. Everything is like we dancing with the stars, the bachelor, like right. we vote for the person we like the most. And 95% of the time we like the chaos. We like the crazy. And Lindsay's the crazy. She keeps shit entertaining. It's just really hard for me because I feel like I'm in, I think every job I've ever had has always had that click as well. Oh, like, yeah. And, and it's especially bad when you're a teacher, a high school teacher, like high school teachers, they never leave high school. So they just continue to ask, act like they're still in high school. And Do you know I, what they call the Coast Guard? 13th grade. Really? Yeah. Makes sense. I mean, I actually had a teacher who talked about me to her students. And we ran in the same group, but it was like, you know, which one of us was going to be the most popular with the students. I don't fucking care about being popular with 16 year olds. Like, that's not a mission for me. Our not, our mutual not friend friend. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, like, you know what? Patreon, guys. When we do the Patreon, we will give that story without the names. <laughs> oh, man. I don't know if we can even do that. Like, I'm pretty sure even if people pay for it, we can't reveal all of that. I will I will write it very um, vague, and I will get April to approve it. It'll be the bones of the story without being the story directly. I don't know how we'll do um, that. Um, that was probably one of my favorite. and chickens. <laughs> That was probably one of my favorite scenes in the book, though, was Lindsay finally letting her guard down. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, not completely because Sam asks her if she if she's thrown up more than the one time she caught her. Yeah. And she's like, no. And Sam knows she's lying. And But you do see <laughs> Lindsay be vulnerable for the first time. Yeah. It's just, I don't know. A child needed a grown up to pay attention to her. They all did. They all did. They, they all, all did. did. Listen, my kid is not drawing on our, on his on the ground a, a line and telling me not to ever cross it. No, I fucking made <sighs> you. You fucking lived inside of me. You don't get to decide that I can't come in your room. I respect oh, have, your boundaries, but you can't decide that I can never cross this line. We have a one knock policy. We knock. Mm-hmm. I go. Can I come in? Yep. If they don't answer and I know they're in there, I wait a second. If they don't answer, I open the door a crack and say, I'm coming in and I open the door. Right. And I I respect their space and that's you respecting their space. But you're also not going to just let them do whatever the fuck they want. Oh, no. Piper Addison would lose her door if she did that. Oh, yeah. She would lose all privacy. But she shares space with her sister now, so she never gets privacy. You just can't. They just can't do that. Like you can't can't let kids be wild like that. You know, I mean, there, Free has, range. there has to be some amount of trust, but we're not chickens, guys. Right. <laughs> All right. Final day. Day seven. Sam has decided she's in love with Kent and probably always has been. Duh. Sam realizes that a lot of her life was not her own, but a product of being Lindsay's friend and never uh, wanting to lose that status. Sam breaks up with Rob at school and sets her sights completely on Kent. She convinces her friends to not drive home from the party that day to guarantee that Lindsay will not get into the accident. Sam and Kent make out in his car and you can tell that they both really care about each other. As the party goes on, Sam follows Juliet to the highway again to save her life. What happens is Sam pushes Juliet out of the way, saving Juliet's life, but losing her own in the process. Were you surprised by this ending? A little bit. I, 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 
I knew she was going to sacrifice herself. Mm-hmm. I knew, like, obviously she had to die, right? That was the mm-hmm. whole premise of this story. Yeah. But I don't like the premise that one life for another. Yeah. I don't like, that bothers me a lot. I don't feel like. She never really gets fully redeemed. No, that. She doesn't get redemption. Right. She doesn't get, like, we end with her slowly dying, right? Mm -hmm. That's how the book ends. Spoiler fucking alert. She's slowly dying and she's talking about going to the great beyond and whatever. And, And I have beef with that because I have personal beef with that. That is not a statement on religion. It is just not how I feel. But my problem with this is, is you're telling me this girl who has done all this personal work, Mm -hmm. All this emotional growth. Yeah. That wasn't good enough for the great divine that the only way she could save herself and redeem herself in whatever being is controlling this situation Mm -hmm. is to kill herself to save somebody else. Right. It just doesn't feel, it feels that, you know? Yeah. It definitely feels. That's the word. It it feels incomplete. Like it doesn't feel like it's fair. Like she did the work to make things better. Like she deserves to get another chance. This is why I like and don't like this book. It, it it just, and I get it. It gives me those indecisive, it's moral philosophy, right? Mm-hmm. It's moral philosophy. It's the fucking, tra- it's the trolley question. Mm-hmm. It's the trolley question. Yep. What are you going to do? Because you're not saving everybody. And right. it's just, <sighs> right. I'm getting overstimmed by that. It is just a lot. And it's, yeah. It, for me, the ending is what keeps it four stars instead of five for me. Like, yeah. I I don't know that she should have had her life saved, but I definitely think that it just, it doesn't give her the full redemption that she's earned through this book. I mean, I get it. That's the whole point of this mm-hmm. is for us to be in knots after we finish this book. We're supposed to feel this book. It's supposed to make us think. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to make us they feel, you know, it's intended for teens to be like, hey, mm-hmm. pause and look at your life. Right. And I fucking get that, but I'm twisted up now, homie. How are we fixing that? Right. <laughs> so this is an interesting question because I don't know that I have an answer. So I just wanted to know what you think. Okay. Um, since this is the day that Sam doesn't wake up again, is this the story of her actual death or was the first day the story? And this was just like a purgatory lesson. Ooh. I don't know. And that's going to have to be good enough. And that's sort of how I feel too. Like, I feel like she gets a redemption story if she saves Juliet's life and it lives this way. If it ends this way for real, like her family and her friends are going to see that there was more to her, that she was trying to make things better. But yeah, that makes me, it makes me feel like I have to do personal deep diving growth. Right. Mm -hmm. Like I have a basis of how I feel like life goes after I close my eyes and never open them again. Yeah. Right. We all know, we all have something in our brain about how we feel like that's going to go forward. And this ending makes us question that this ending makes us go. Okay. What just happened? Right. Was she always dead? Was she never dead? Like, right. Is this a dream? Is she going to fucking wake up? Is that it? Like, is she just going to wake up and be like, Oh, I love Kent and I hate my friends. And right. My life is ridiculous, and I'm going to just make the last six of my senior year perfect. Like, I, I, mm. yeah, I don't, know. It, I don't like that. I don't like that question, even though I wrote it, because I just don't feel like I can answer it. 
And because it's it's more that's of one a, of the things I do a, like about this book. Even though I said the ending makes me give it a four instead of a five, I can't answer that question. And so because I it's like a personal that. reflection quotient, right. it's a personal reflection quotient at the end. Right. Question at the end of the day, not a quotient. Question at the end of the day. Right. It's not a. It's not a question about this book. Mm-hmm. It's about how I feel personally about the afterlife right. and how you feel about the afterlife and the reader feels about the afterlife. And it- yeah. Yeah. All right. So um, I watched the movie this morning just to like have some stuff to talk about. I know you haven't seen the morning, the movie. The weird thing is I thought this was a Netflix original, but it's not on Netflix. It's on HBO. It's Max. on HBO. Yeah. So I could have sworn I- it was on Netflix, but I don't know. Anyway. Um, so just some basic there were some changes. Mr. Daimler's a history teacher and he's teaching lesson on Sisyphus, which is just so cliche, like such a, such a cliche metaphor. Um, it takes place in the Pacific Northwest and not Connecticut. I don't understand that change. Like it doesn't make sense to me. I wonder if it was just cheaper to film. It probably was. Um, they switch around one of the days, but like mostly it's the same in general. I actually Mm -hmm. thought it followed the book pretty well. Um, we mm-hmm. do not have Sam make out with Mr. Daimler, which made me happy. Thank God. Uh, yes, made me very happy. And um, I didn't think that the actors in general, like that any of them looked how I pictured the characters in my head, gotcha. except for Zoe, whatever the hell her last name is. Douche? Douche yeah. or whatever? Dutch, whatever her last name is. Zoe Dutch? She looks so much like... Um, like uh, Sarah Drew that yeah. my brain just shut down. <laughs> she looks so much like Sarah Drew that she was perfect for me because I picture Sarah Drew as this character because that's her voice in the audiobook. Um, okay, so uh, Insta, uh, Insta Wiki says Deutsch is how it's pronounced. D-O-Y-T-C-H. Okay. All right, so Zoe Deutsch. She's a great actress. And the person who she plays Lindsay Three in middle the- names. Okay. Well, Sorry. the person who plays Lindsay in the movie, I've never seen this actress in anything else. I'll put the IMDb below. She was amazing. I haven't seen her Lindsay. anything since. Yeah, she was amazing as since. Lindsay. I thought, even though she wasn't how I pictured Lindsay, I, she was mm-hmm. really embodied Lindsay. I thought she, she played it well. Her. Yeah, for sure. And I actually thought that the movie followed the book pretty well. So that's good. Yeah. Um, final thoughts, Molly? I don't know. I don't know how this ends. I don't know what happens to her. I, 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 that's my final review of this book. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Okay, that's, well, that's well, on that know. note, do you want to talk about what we're doing next month? Because we have three books <laughs> left in December, and then we are Woo! done. TBR cart from Stolen from the Basement. Okay, so uh, next week we are reading this book, Ice Planet Barbarians. By right. Ruby Dixon. <laughs> and this is all over trending on the Tiki Talk. And look, we're doing that as a farce, guys. Like we picked this book because um we had a change of schedule, and I don't really want to go into the whole thing, but we had a change of schedule and we decided to throw this book in because it's short. Because we needed something ridiculous. We needed something <laughs> ridiculous. Um 
and all of these books, uh, we released all the titles on social media and they'll be on our website soon. Um, so that's the, that's the first week in December, um, next week. And the second week is spoiler alert. Can you show us that one? I left it downstairs. Spoiler alert by Olivia Dade. Um, I'm so excited to read this book. Yes, me too. I'm a few chapters in and enjoying it so far. Um, plus it's an size. Avon book. Oh, cool. Well, that means it'll be spicy. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, it's a plus size main character, which I love that. I love seeing a main character that is a normal body type. Um, and then we're going to, our third book for December and our last book for this season is Queerly Beloved by Susie Dumond. Dumond? Yeah. Something like Dumond? that. Dumond? Um, and this is a Molly pick. And um, yeah. And that's their third book. And then we're going to wrap out the season um, we have a bonus episode. Tom recorded mm -hmm. his feelings on Akatar, and I've already listened to it, and it's very funny. <laughs> so um, we're going to release and I, that as a bonus episode at the end of the month. I would like to make a statement personally. I don't know how April feels about this, but I want to tell the writers and those on strike at HarperCollins, I stand with you. I understand what is going on as a writer, as someone in publishing. You guys are doing the right thing. Mm -hmm. And keep at it and keep working and keep pushing because you are underpaid. You were right. I'm always. So, and I'll share. Sorry, go I, ahead. I'm always supporting the writers who do not get um, their dues. Like I, I think yeah. the publishing world is definitely sided for the publisher. Yeah. And, and um, if you're interested in this or want to be active in any way, shape, or form, I will put links about what's going on with the writer strike mm -hmm. in this comments. But it it's important, guys. Mm -hmm. I, I, I'm not telling you not to read books or buy books or not support your favorite authors. Mm -hmm. I'm saying remind Harper Collins, remind these publishers who they work for. And Lauren Oliver is uh, published by Harper Collins. This particular book that we just covered today is Harper Collins. Book. Oh, um, this is a. This is also Avon. Avon Books is a HarperCollins. Mm. Well, publishing. if you're not following Lauren Oliver on social media, do so. She posts some really great stuff about book banning too, which is something we've talked about on this pod a lot. Um, I'm not sure, but I'm guessing before I fall has probably made the banned books list somewhere. There's a lot of. I'm sure a of lot it. of stuff that people don't like their teenagers reading. Uh, I don't have anything else, and we're over. Do you have anything I else? Don't. I don't. All right, I gotta well, go then, then that's it. All right. Great. <laughs> Love, you Love you guys. Love you. Bye. Love you, April. Bye. Thank you for joining us on Book Besties. Don't forget to like and subscribe. The views discussed here are those of Molly and April, not those of anyone else. Today's book was Before I Fall by Lauren Oliver. Your book besties are Molly Biggs and April Watkins. Editing by Thomas Watkins. And music is Sleep Sweetly by Prigida. Don't forget to follow Book Besties on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. If you'd like to contact the Book Besties, please email us at bookbestiespod at gmail.com or visit our website, bookbestiespodcast.com.